This is Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on your official home of the Flames. Sportsnet 960 The Fan. Let's get things going on a Wednesday. It's a Calgary Flames game day. Back from a five-game road trip for four at home and five games before the NHL's All-Star break. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. I'm coming at you live from the Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studios. In Calgary, Alberta. Outstanding production team this afternoon. Cam and Taylor in the other room. Lots to get to on the program today. We'll chat Flames and Avalanche. A couple different opportunities. We'll, of course, start the program off with Pete Labardius in just moments. Get a view from the other side. The Avalanche 22, 17, and 3 on the year. Get you set for what should be a good matchup tonight between the Flames and Colorado. Uh, Let's waste uh, no more time, though. We'll head down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Chat with our Flames insider and the color voice of the Calgary Flames. Pete Labardius, he's brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. The Gemini Group now offering air miles, reward miles. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca. Happy Wednesday, Lou. How are you, sir? Uh, Happy Wednesday. Back to you. Is it uh, Wednesday? It is Wednesday, I believe. It's Wednesday, Janet. (laughs) 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 Oh, Lou, it's always good to chat with you, sir. Uh, Well, I... You know what? I I'm gonna make a, a bigger habit, especially after the break, to once a week crack you up. It doesn't uh, doesn't. It take... usually doesn't take much. No, you're pretty good at it. I'll I'll give you that one for sure. Okay. Um, gotta game... be good at something. <laughs> you got a couple going for you. That's one of them. Uh, Flames and Avalanche tonight, sir. Our first uh, chance to see this Avs team since uh, oh the season opener back on October 13th, a five three win. For the Calgary Flames. Uh, excited for tonight? It's been a while uh, since yeah, you've seen this Avs team. I am. I'll be completely honest. When I started digging in last night at around 9 o'clock to this matchup and doing my prep, I almost forgot about that game. Feels like, like a long time I, ago, like, honestly, it? Honestly, for when I started about 10 minutes in, I'm like, they still have to play these guys three times? And then I went... Mm, no, October thirteenth. That's how the season started. So, yeah. it uh, yeah, it f- feels so long ago that it didn't even happen. Although I obviously know that it did. Yeah, and uh, I remember all the talk heading into that game. Lou Nazem Kadri mm-hmm. facing off his against his old team. He showed us the Stanley Cup ring post game to the media, and that was you know sort of kicked off what was uh, has been a really good start for Nazem Kadri and. In flame silks, he's obviously heading to the All Star game uh, in a couple weeks to represent this team. But it's still a, a good matchup tonight against a good Avalanche team. They're a bit banged up, 
but still a strong opponent here. Well, a bit would be an understatement in terms of what they've had to deal with in the course of the year. Still no Landeskog. Hasn't played once all season. They are still without two massive pieces of their top four on defense in Josh Manson and young sensation Bowen Byram, um, which is really sad, especially in Byram's case, because this poor guy's like 21 years old and, you know, he's a great player and he just has had absolutely no luck in the health department. Um, you know, Nachushkin was out forever. He's back. He returned from his second significant injury to play against Detroit on Monday afternoon. So they are getting healthier. Um, and as you know, <laughs> they have some premier people in their lineup. But I, I think an interesting thing to discuss, which, you know, Daryl Sutter helped lead me down this road today is one of the reasons that the Avalanche, and I think they're about ready to pounce and and go on a run. You hope it's not at the Flames' expense tonight. But look at the save percentages of Fransos and Gorgiev. 9.17 and 9.14. Without that, in a year where save percentages, by and large, across the board, outside of you know, five or six exceptions are down, where would they be? They might be in real serious trouble if it had not been for those two guys and obviously, you know, other people who are more than capable of picking up some pieces. Yeah, it's an interesting one. It's always tough, and we we always talk about this when we come into these situations because they, they happen every single year, Lou, but, you know, how can you... If you're Colorado, you can't just take out the piece. I don't care who you are. I don't care how deep you are. You take out some of the pieces that they've lost this can't. year for extended periods of time. You're just not going to be able to replace them. Well, and, you know, even in the case of Nathan McKinnon, he's only played 31 games. Yeah. So he mu- he missed a big chunk of time. Really, the only, you know, Gerard has missed time on the back. The only two guys... You know, even Taves didn't play in two games, but really the only two, the only one key guy that's been there for all of them is the Calgary product and the reigning Conn Smythe and Norris Trophy winner, Kale McCarr, who's pretty good at hockey. Yeah, he's not bad. Him and, oh. him and Rantanen have been have been the only two constants for this team. Yeah, that's right. All year long. And do we really talk enough about number 96, and that's Miko Rantanen, who, you know, is coming off a career season, and here he is again with 53 points um, right up there in the NHL in terms of goal scores this season. Um, No, we we don't. We don't. We don't. And, you know, I'm not sure I've ever heard Daryl refer to anybody as a stud before this morning, (laughs) but... But that is exactly what this six foot four, two hundred and twenty pound winger is. He is a stud, and there isn't anything he can't do. And when he protects the puck, between protecting the puck, the way he skates, the way he shoots it, his ability to make plays, he for me, Logan, is one of the most complete players in the National Hockey League. He is a sensational player, and. 
you know, go back to that series against the Flames in 2019. He was their best guy in that series for me. And that was to take nothing away from from Nathan McKinnon. But he was incredible, scored a huge overtime goal. Um, you know, he, he did a lot of great things. And, and he, yeah, he's a superstar for me. He's a non-talked about in the same vein as the other two. And, and I understand why. Those, those two guys are two of the best five or six players in the sport. Um, but he is not far, in my opinion, behind. Yeah, it's interesting. You go back to that 2015 draft, and he gets picked 10th overall, Lou, and those are one of those picks that, you know, you you, you want to hit on. Obviously, you're in the top 10, but when you hit on it as well as you have, it's just a, a massive boon for your team. And you go back there, of course, that's the Connor McDavid draft. Jack Eichel is in there. Um, but I, I wonder, when you look back at it, how much higher up the board, even from 10, Mikko Rantanen oh, would be. way up. Right? Like, that's – and that's a pretty Three. good draft. Maybe three. Maybe three. Yeah, I think or you can certainly make top five. Yeah, McDavid's, Eichel. I mean, Marner's obviously in that conversation too. You know what? For me, if I had to do it again, and and I know certainly during COVID that was a very popular show topic about redrafts, <laughs> and was. I see them every single day somewhere on somebody's social media feed. For me, it's he's two. Yeah, you know, for I, I me can't... personally, he is two. Yeah, I don't know that I could argue that with you. He's way ahead of Eichel for me. Not even remotely close. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. he's part of a, a great contingent there. And uh, if anything, you know, maybe, maybe not on the outside getting as much love, but I know for sure in that market and in that locker room, he's probably never been as appreciated as he has been this Ask year. Ask another with all the coach. Injuries. Yeah. Ask another coach in the NHL how much fun it is dealing with Miko Rantanen. Yeah, it's just not. Those are the people I love to pull, and yes. they're all, and they're all on the same page, all yeah. of them. Yeah, just a casual twenty five points in the playoffs last year for the, yeah casual. Yeah, mm-hmm. hell of a player. And uh, look, so we mentioned still some injuries. Landis Cogs on LTIR, Manson, Byram, Dennis Malgin hurt for this team. So it's not a full compliment, but they're getting closer. Nachushkin's there. Obviously, our tree Lekin was a, a complimentary piece. Oh they yeah, added that guy's last pretty year. good in the playoffs too. Yes, I've heard that. He's he's mentioned. He's actually had himself a pretty good regular season. Yes, uh, he two, sure I believe has. he's two or three points away from beating his career high. Yeah, uh, is, in points, he has so. thirty points already. Tough deep deep team too. When you talk about guys like I know you're a big Cogliano guy. I am yes. too. Uh, Darren Helm is still a guy there at thirty five years old, who's very important to what they do. They've got some really nice complimentary pieces that Joe Sackick and the rest of that group have been able to accumulate the last couple of years. And they're not done. No. They're not done because they have good assets. Uh, I still think they could use another center. One more center Iceman. Yeah. In In terms of, you know, because right now when you go down their lineup, um, it's good, but the guy that they really don't have a replacement for is a Calgary Flame, and that's Nazem Kadri. Yeah. You know, and I love Alex Newhook. He's going to be a really good player, but he's not ready for that yet. Yet. So, you know, Comfer has more than held up his end of the bargain, but, you know, if if Comfer is a three, 
now you're really set. Yeah, it puts them kind of right back where they were last year. It and, sure does. And the don't make make no mistake about it with that McKinnon extension not kicking in until next year. This team still has available oh. cap space to make something happen, and and they will. Yeah, and and it's been you know whether it's the guy from Vancouver or maybe a guy that knows Colorado well enough, Lou, and used to play there. Uh, from St. Louis that would might slide in nicely back in that organization. What <laughs> well, a, wouldn't, the, wouldn't that be quite a hole. twist? But you know what? He would be the absolute perfect guy. Yeah. I just don't fit. think St. Louis is going to do them that kind of a favor. No. Uh, so from a Flames perspective, tough group mm-hmm. coming in tonight. It's going to take uh, a good team effort tonight if you want to match up with this Avalanche team. We've seen, them, like we said, the once before to kick things off, but that's a long time ago now. Lou, we're into a different calendar year. What do you look for from a Flames perspective when you head into tonight in a matchup against Colorado? Well, I had a great chat with uh, Flames employee and and one of my favorites around here in Brendan Parker. And Brendan said to me, and it was a fantastic point, and he said, you know, this team has been very hit and miss this season in terms of how they have dealt with star talent. And, you know, even if you go back to the two games against St. Louis, well, one game, the Thomas line really ran the show, and then the next game, the Flames left them somewhat in the dust, and they were minus nine. So you absolutely have to start you know, with a couple of things. McKinnon is, like, (laughs) he's healthy and he is on a roll right now. And, you know, the way he gallops around, I mean, he's a sensational player. So your ability to be able to check him and keep him as far away from your net is of a premium. The same thing can be said, different about Randon, but the real the real big factor for me against this group, two things. How does your defense handle that group? And on top of that, in that division, you have, and in this team, they have the best guy in the league at being involved in the offense. Starting it, finishing it, leading it, running it in Kale McCarr. And his partner, who plays 25 minutes as well a night, Mr. Taves, is not far behind. So if if you're on defense tonight and you're in your checking game, especially as a forward, you have got to be as locked in against those guys as you possibly can. And that doesn't even include Gerard, who is also incredibly good at all those things. He's just not quite at the same level. So your ability to defend the rush, make them go through layers, whether it's McKinnon or McCarr or Taves, and not completely unlike Roman Yossi, you better almost have a spy on Kale McCarr because he is almost uncoverable when he gets rolling around in your zone. So those those are the immediate challenges, what's going to make it the most difficult. But, you know, the Flames, when they are at the top of their game, are more than capable of winning this hockey game. And I think one of the areas that they can win it in 
is if they get another real quality night, Logan, from their top three center icemen. And and that might be in an area where I wouldn't say they have an advantage, but it is helpful, especially as a group, I think, collectively. Some nights guys are better than others, but collectively, I think, you know, Backlund, Lindholm, and, and Kadri are all playing well. But the one clip I wanted to get to today, because I think – you know, it's so important every night, and I don't think – well, we focus on it on our head a lot. I don't think it's always focused on because it seems this year to be about two things, scoring or goaltending. Um, but how's your defense playing? So because I hadn't talked to Daryl in a couple of weeks because of the long road trip, one of the questions I asked him coming out of this trip is, how are you feeling these days about the way your group of six – is playing on defense. I think that Weeks and, and Tanny have been outstanding. I think Noah and Ross really struggled the whole trip. I think that uh, Z and Stoney, uh, you know, we got to monitor their minutes, who they're on the ace against. That goes back to that matchup. So succinct, but tells a large story. Interesting, Logan, in this regard. I'm not sure I've ever seen Anderson and Hannafin play better hockey than they did on the trip leading into Christmas. In those four games, they're like a combined plus 18. This five-game trip, including the game in Nashville, Rasmus Anderson played just over 20 minutes. That's the third least amount of ice time he has had in a game all season long. And completely agree with, you know, Tanev and Uyghur, especially as that trip went on, I thought were terrific. In fact, uh, they don't get two points in Dallas without their superb work down the stretch of that game. So when, when I think about teams that the Flames face with elite people to check, I always think a big focus is on that group and not just that group your forwards against this defense you better be aware of people coming from behind you because if you're not you're gonna you're gonna have a rough night yeah and it's interesting even going back to you know the conversation around Rasmus and and Noah on that road trip Lou I think a lot of people that that I followed at least and talked to were you know very interested that in that last push in the Nashville game as they tried to tie it up that it was Stone and Zadorov that were the deep pairing that were out there with the the net empty and pushing for um, a goal there. And there's obviously those two guys have interesting offensive skill sets. Nikita's really come out offensively firing this year. We know about that slap shot that that Michael Stone possesses, but that's something that you know can give you an indication sometimes as to how a coach is feeling about a pairing. I think 99 times out of 100, you would expect to see. Rasmus as the defenseman out there for a, a push for a final goal more nights than not, and that's it's just kind of an indicator, true. right? It, it's a great indicator. Um, anytime there is a major change in utilization, there's always a reason, and there was a reason certainly in the game in Nashville, and you talked about Zadorov. Well, look at his minutes the other night. He might have been – he was certainly their third-best guy if not second, in that game in Nashville. So that was another reason. You know, his, his, his ice time, and I think it's 
again, it's very reflective of how people are playing. When his ice time is in that 17-18 minute window, you know he's having a really, really good night. And when it's, you know, depending on special teams, down around 13 or 14, that's that's the ideal situation. Um, but he was really good in that game in Nashville. Uh, wanted to just ask you a couple more before we let you go here, Lou. It sounds as though we're looking at the same lineup that went up against Nashville, so we won't see any changes heading into the first game on this homestand. Daryl spoke to the media at length yesterday. I believe it was almost eight minutes he spent uh, taking questions from everybody, and one that, of course, got brought up was that Jacob Pelche. Was it Pelche. about Pelche? Yeah. I was on the air with you when that happened, so... I missed that. Yeah, and you know what? Hey, it was a lot of uh, of Daryl saying, "Hey, we're we're not ten points up in the standings. We appreciate that Jacob is is coming here and bringing positivity, and he had nothing but good things to say about it. But it also didn't lead to anybody getting any thoughts that Jacob was going to jump into the lineup at any time either. What did we talk about yesterday in terms of his potential utilization? Similar things, I think. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes, I said, um, I look, I try to look at things for the most part through, you know, the eyes of a coach. And the comment I made yesterday, if people weren't listening, was um, it, it might seem from the outside that this would be the perfect time to put somebody new in to that group. And and my answer to you yesterday when we talked about it was, I don't look at it that way. I think if you have more of a comfortable situation, then that is the time where it's not only more beneficial probably to the team, but more beneficial to the player. Because what you don't want, and, and I've had a conversation with Daryl in the last three weeks asking him about Jacob. And he likes the progression. He certainly thinks he's got a ways to go and needs to probably, you know, like all young 21-year-olds, get stronger and more experienced. But he likes what he's seeing. But when you throw somebody in and what kind of situation you're in, and again, what kind of role you'd like that person to play at a time when you think they're ready for duty and, more importantly, regular duty, is different. I think if the Flames had an eight-point playoff cushion, you would have seen them on the last trip. So it's, it's interesting. I didn't hear those comments, but I'm needless to say, I'm not surprised. Yeah, and, you know... It's always there. I've always pushed back on this, and I know you do, that Daryl doesn't like young players, or that there's some sort of bias against. Oh, it's harder for them, for sure. It's harder for them, but the but notion probably, that he won't. It probably should be. Well, exactly. I just uh, isn't there something to be gained from from earning a spot and from should earning be. a coach's trust? I mean, I understand that he's played great at the AHL level, but he's never played a minute. For Daryl Sutter in the NHL, he's never been in a practice with Daryl Sutter for until this last week. Right. So I, I just I, I've never understood that notion that because and I I appreciate what he's doing in the AHL. I don't want that to be lost, 
I just I, I think that there's there's that's a stepping stone, and then there's another one that comes once you've gotten that recall. Well, for sure, and you know what? As much as and and for good reason, you focus on the games. It's not just about the games. It's about your habits. It's about how you practice. And if you don't think coaches aren't taking full stock in that program, and again, I didn't hear those comments yesterday, but for the most part, I was told, you know, when Derek and Pat came back into the room after chatting with you, that, you know, there was a lot of positives. So that also tells me that while he didn't play in a game, his work around the team and with the team may elevate or quicken that to happen for him. Yeah, and it's it's interesting. We'll see what um, the future holds for Jacob. Uh, home, now, home stand for four games and then one in Seattle before this uh, all-star break comes, so. Uh, I'm sure we'll talk about more of it as we get closer to uh, the All-Star break, Lou, and uh, I know we'll chat about it, uh, and you and Pat will probably chat about it a bit on the pregame show tonight. Have yourself a great afternoon. Appreciate the time, as always, and I'll uh, see you at the Down at the Dome a little okay, later tonight. look forward to it. Have a good see afternoon. You, there you go. Pete Labardius. Uh, he's joining us down the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. He kicks off the program with us every single day here on Sportsnet today, chatting all things around the Calgary Flames and their opponent tonight, the Colorado Avalanche. He is brought to you by the Gemini Group Home Renovations. The Gemini Group knows that your home renovations should be a reflection of who you are. Give your home the Gemini difference. Visit them at thegeminigroup.ca, now offering air miles, reward miles. We'll take a break, come back from the other side. We'll hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames following morning skate as they get set to take on Colorado tonight at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. It'll all be right here on your home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. You're listening to Sportsnet Today with Logan Gordon on the home of the Flames, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. All right, it's the Flames and the Colorado Avalanche tonight from the Scotiabank Saddledome. Flames back on home ice after a five-game road trip. Losses in Nashville, St. Louis, Chicago, but also wins in St. Louis and Dallas. First time seeing Colorado since the season opening 5-3 win for the Calgary Flames. Nazem Kadri's first night as a flame. He got a Stanley Cup ring. Started off a good stretch to start the year for the Calgary Flames. Now another chance to take on Colorado, who has struggled this year compared to expectations. But a lot of that having to do with injuries. Now a little bit more healthy and looking to make up some ground on a couple of teams in the wild card and maybe even make a push for that central division playoff spot. This is Sportsnet Today. It's Logan Gordon along with you. Cam and Taylor, outstanding production team in the other room this afternoon. Colorado at 47 points this season through 42 games. That's good for a 22-17-3 record. They are currently chasing down the Flames and the Oilers for wildcard spots. Minnesota at 54 points is the first team they could possibly catch in their own division. Winnipeg and Dallas currently holding the top spots in the Central with 59 points. This is an interesting avalanche team that comes in tonight. Still missing a couple of key components as we talked about with Lou in segment one. 
Uh, no Josh Manson, no Bowen Byram, Gabriel Landis-Cog on LTIR, but some of those names that have been missing for large chunks this season, Nathan McKinnon, you know him. Uh, he's been out for a lot of this year. Valerie Nachushkin, a guy that was a huge part of what Colorado did last year and their push to the Stanley Cup victory. Uh, he's back and healthy and in the lineup. That's going to be big for them. So not a perfect representation of what the Avs can be, but a much more complete version. Rantanen's there. Guys like Arturi Lekkinen, Evan Rodriguez have been big for them. Devon Taves and Kale McCarr, of course, on that top pairing for Colorado tonight. So it's going to be a tough one. And uh, two good goaltenders in Colorado. That hasn't been a problem for them this year. Despite moving on from Darcy Kemper, who won them a Stanley Cup, Alexander Gorgiev and Pavel Francouz have been strong. Uh, Francouz is taking the backup role. Gorgiev, the starter with 30 starts already, uh, 275 goals against and a 914 save percentage is a 917 and a 2.61 for Pavel Francouz. So, what makes a successful homestand here for the Calgary Flames ahead of the All Star break? You got five games to go. And like I've mentioned this week on the program, it's an interesting stretch here for the Calgary Flames. These two games to start off the homestand, tough opponents. You're going to want to come out and make some noise, and you're going to have some tough matchups against Colorado tonight. And then Saturday afternoon on Hockey Day in Canada, you've got an afternoon matchup against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Then next week, the opponents record-wise certainly taper off, but storyline-wise, it gets more interesting. You've got the return of Johnny Gaudreau. As the Columbus Blue Jackets are in town on Monday, a chance to make up for that lost point you had against the Chicago Blackhawks back on Sunday the 8th The Chicago is in town next Thursday. And then you're into Seattle, who went on a long winning streak, has now lost a couple games in a row. Um, but that's a game right before the All-Star break for the Calgary Flames. So I'll ask you to the text line at 960-960, what's a successful remaining five games for the Calgary Flames before the All-Star break. Are we talking three wins out of five? Are you talking points-wise like Daryl Sutter brought up on the road trip? Hey, it's six points in five games. For him, that was a positive. Do you look at it the same way for the Calgary Flames when it comes to games against Colorado, Tampa Bay, Columbus, Chicago, and Seattle, of course, starting tonight? with a 7.30 puck drop against Colorado. Well, we get some of your texts in at 960-960. We'll head to the Scotiabank Saddle Dome, hear from a couple members of the Calgary Flames on a game day, starting with the head coach, Daryl Sutter. Lots of positives to say about this Colorado group. He still expects them to make a push and have a say on how everything happens in the Western Conference before it's all said and done, and he knows his team has a tough challenge tonight. Here is the head coach, Daryl Sutter, following morning skate at the Scotiabank Saddle Dome. You haven't seen Colorado since obviously the opener. When when you watch the film, what do you what do you see from them of late? Um, consistent. They've probably got the best uh, one-two punch and goal for the whole year. Not lately. If you look at their goaltending, they're both right up there in terms of goals against and save percentage, which has been a big reason that why they've really hung in there. I'm sad about Miko Rantanen as a player. Uh, he's a star. He's a big guy. He's a stud. Plays to win. He's got a championship. Play all three positions. He's an all-star. 
one of the biggest things that Cadre's added to the room for you guys this season? I think that the, the uh, experience in the middle of the ice, I think it's given us a, uh, you know, we don't have a, like a dominant number one guy, for example, like we don't have a McKinnon type player. So it's given us a real stability at that position. It's allowed us to play, a, a, you know, somebody in that four hole, that, you know, that even strength 10 minute hole. It's allowed us to play a guy with lesser experience or, or a guy that's not natural to that position. It's allowed us to do that, which has helped us. He's been a really good addition to our team. I remember going way back to the fall, you said you had to see if Huberto was a Kadri guy or a Lindholm guy. How, how do you see the chemistry with Kadri and, and Huberto? I don't even go there anymore. I mean, your top players, it's up to the players to figure that out after a while. Like you're half a season in, so we can talk about it in September again. When I came here two years ago, quite honest, Wes, you guys asked the same question over and over about that. When I came here two and a half years ago, there was there was this great chemistry between certain players on our team, and at that time, they were popular guys that had two even strength goals, so the chemistry was not great. So they didn't play together, did they, after that? And then they had career years, so. So you've had. Performance is, is how its chemistry is. is uh, Evaluated now, not about interviews or a highlight play. So, in the month or so that you've had Nazem and Jonathan together, how have you liked the way they've matched? After the 20 game mark, if you look at our team, we have one of the best records in the league, and so uh, that should be an indication of how guys play together. Does anything stand out to you about how Kale McCarr has sort of adapted to some of the crazy ice time that he's had to play this season? He's a great, great athlete, he's dominated every level. He's been at since he was a, what, 16 or 17-year-old, like total domination, which means that you've played as a defenseman in some of those uh, where he played, he probably played the whole game. So this is probably, he's probably asking for more ice time. <laughs> I coached a player like that. I coached two guys like that, that won championships, won Norris's, were all-stars, uh, Chris Chelios and Drew Doughty. They wanted more ice time. They wanted the whole game. That's the class. Uh, can you explain? I'm really not sure what you're talking about. The Provorov didn't come out for warm-ups. Provorov in Philly. Philly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he didn't come out for warm-ups because they were wearing pride jerseys and he sort of refused them. I don't know if you have a thought on that. Or he said it was because of his religious beliefs. That would be his right, probably, I would think. Did he play the game? He yes. Did, yeah. I think he led them a nice time. That's his right. If a player does that, would you? There's talk about should he be allowed to suit up in a game, and Torts kind of refused to, to mention that. Do you, if the player did that, and yours, I only speak from. I'd have to, you know, I don't know what really what you're talking about. It's not really a sports story, is it? So, uh, I know what my beliefs are, and I'm pretty supportive of just about everything in this world, as long as you're making a positive influence on people. There you go. It's head coach Daryl Sutter speaking to the media following uh, morning skate for his team. They take on the Colorado Avalanche tonight. No changes for the Flames uh, from their last game out uh, in Nashville. But there will be big changes on the Colorado side of things. If you were hoping to see the Calgary kid, Kale McCarr, news coming down in just the last few moments that he will not play for the Colorado Avalanche tonight. That is a huge piece of news heading into tonight's matchup. He is uh, listed as day-to-day and will not play tonight. So 
big news uh, for them. Gorgiev gets the start in goal, but no Kale McCarr for the Colorado Avalanche. So the injury bug continuing to hurt Colorado. Uh, before we, we heard from Daryl, we just talked about some of those uh, same things that have hit them all year long, whether it was McKinnon, whether it was Nachushkin, uh, Landis Cog is out. They've dealt with a whole bunch of these injuries, and now their number one defenseman, their stud defenseman, uh, Kale McCarr, will not play tonight. He is dealing with an injury and is listed as day-to-day per head coach Jared Bednar. So that's a big one uh, for the Flames to not have to worry about Kale McCarr in tonight's match of the Calgary Kid. Former Flames fan, uh, certainly done some damage against uh, his childhood team growing up. So uh, once again, in case you missed the news, no Kale McCarr day-to-day per head coach Jared Bednar. He will not play tonight. Um, Question for the text line as we uh, hear from a couple other members of the Calgary Flames. What makes a successful five games for the Calgary Flames heading into the All-Star break games tonight against Colorado? Afternoon game against Tampa Bay this weekend. You've got Columbus. You've got Chicago. You've got Seattle. How many points, how many wins do you want to see this team come out with when it's all said and done? Could be an important stretch for them here. You're going to get Colorado without McCart tonight. Yes, Goudreau's coming back, and that's a massive storyline, but the Blue Jackets and the Blackhawks are teams closer to drafting Connor Bedard than they are uh, to where the Flames are in the standings. Those are games you're going to need to pick up wins in. Uh, you're back at home. Can the Flames make this a successful five games before the All-Star break, what do you want to see? Uh, 960-960. Another voice to hear from, Nazem Kadri. He plays against his former team for the second time this season. Uh, night one as a Calgary Flame in the regular season was against his former team. That's how they kicked off the year. It was a 5-3 win for Nazem's new team. He got his Stanley Cup ring, uh, but it feels a little bit more like just another day and another opponent for Kadri tonight as he gets to take on the Colorado Avalanche. Here's Nazem Kadri speaking to the media from earlier on. How's uh, how's life in Calgary? How's the family adjusting? Uh, it's good. Yeah, I've been a uh, pretty smooth transition. So um, it's been a lot of fun. Everyone's been real receptive and, and welcoming. So uh, it's been great. Have you been in touch with, with your old old Avs teammates much throughout mm-hmm. the year? Oh, of course. Uh, I've been following them and keeping tabs on them. So, uh, you know, of course, great friends of mine. So, um, you know, th- those are relationships we're going to have uh, for a long time. Nausea, they say that this is like the Canadian Denver, mm-hmm. the city. Is it? Is yeah. it similar? Yeah, I've, uh, I, I didn't hear that up until I got here. And uh, it's pretty pretty crazy how similar they, they both are. I guess they call them sister cities, too. So, um, uh, like I said, it was a uh, pretty, uh, pretty seamless transition just because, you know, it seemed like uh, a lot of things hadn't changed. So, uh, you know, both great cities and um, having a great time in both. As you kind of look back at that Stanley Cup run and the memories, is there one that stands out to you the most? Um, just during the run? Yeah. I mean... For me, it's it's that goal in the finals, right? I mean, that's uh, that's up there, uh, you know, for for the best moments of, of all time in my career. So, uh, you know, just in the fashion, uh, the time and place, it was uh, it was unbelievable, and that's something I'm uh, never gonna forget. I think it was Bo that saw it go in the net. Mm-hmm. How long was it before you knew? Well, it was weird. It was a bit of a roller coaster ride there because uh, you know originally I thought it had gone in. But uh, didn't see it pop out, and uh, seemed like uh, Vasilevsky might have pinched his arm and had it. So I was like, I think it's in. 
but it's not in. And then Bo, Bo, uh, Bo confirmed, so uh, it was a good feeling. You kind of threw your arms down at one point, I think. You are like, mm. oh, my gosh, he saved that. Yeah, it was, it was I thought, was a great save yeah. at, the, at, the, at the time. Like I said, it was, it was a little weird how, you know, you can go from thinking it's in to thinking it's not in a matter of a couple seconds. But, uh, yeah, I'm just happy I uh, caught, a, caught a break there. Yeah. How long did your thumb take to heal after that? Um, a while. Yeah. A while for sure. It was uh, had to pull the pins out after the playoffs, and uh, yeah, I mean they were they were sticking out of my hand by by the last game. So it was uh, it wasn't much fun, but uh, you know at the end of the day it was it was worth it. Yeah. Last time uh, this group was here, you got your ring, and I wonder mm-hmm. that there's a little bit that was probably going on in your head about that night, seeing your old team, the ring, that game. How different is it this time around? Now? Imagine mm-hmm. all the excitement is long gone, and now it's more yeah. of a western tilt. Of course. I mean, I think it's, uh, you know, it's a big two points on the line for, for both teams. And, um, you know, we're, we're going to have to come ready to play. So, obviously, uh, as a player, you know, that's stuff that happened the first game, just receiving that and, you know, everything kind of, uh, it's, it's, you know, you don't want to admit it's a, a, a distraction, but, you know, it uh, it is to some sort of extent. But uh, now it's kind of nice to get that out of the way and, um, you know, just uh, just just play the game. Do you, do you look at your ring a ton, or where is it? You're home in Calgary right now, or? Yeah, um, don't worry about it. <laughs> um, it's uh, I do uh, I do look at it on occasion. Of course, they're great memories. Brings back great memories, and you know, anytime you're uh, you're in a bit of a funk, you just you know have a little peek and you start feeling good again. So uh, you know, it's it's always nice to have. Of course. Just a peek, or do you put it on? Yeah, no, I put it on, you know, kind of look at myself in the mirror a little bit and just see what it looks like. Uh, no, but it's, of course, you don't, you're not going to wear it too often, but uh, like I said, just, you know, understanding how hard it is to get that, uh, get that done, you just brings back so many great memories. This is a random question, but back to your, your early days in Denver, you, you switched houses with Tyson Berry, right? Mm-hmm. That's right. How did that just kind of come about? Like, how, how did that? Uh, well, we have some mutual friends, and uh, obviously he was uh, going to Toronto, and um, it just seemed like a perfect fit. We just got in contact and uh, ended up, you know, showing each other uh, our places, and, um, you know, it was good enough for us, and that's actually was a, a big help in, in my first year in Denver, just getting to know the areas and, uh, you know, where to be, so... Um, you know, it was kind of just uh, just a perfect storm. Is that something that players do often, like when they're traded for each other, or sign somewhere in free mm-hmm. agency, like buy a house with somebody who laughed or something? Yeah, yeah, I think so. I think it's just uh, the more the convenience. You yeah. know, if, if everything works out, and uh, you know, it's just a little bit easier than you know having to go through the market and looking for a house. So uh, yeah, I'm sure I'm sure that happens pretty often. How did the damage deposits work in that situation? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, they were. Uh, it was fine. I mean, obviously, you got to respect each other's space and. Uh, you know, I'd rather give it to a player, somebody I know, and uh, someone I know that's going to take good care of it. So, no, no, no harm done. There you go, former Colorado Avalanche, Stanley Cup champion, now Calgary Flame All Star, Nazem Kadri speaking to the media. A variety of topics there. Obviously, the Colorado media catching up with a very popular member of that Avalanche team last year. Stanley Cup memories still being rehashed with him there wasn't a lot of hockey talk in there cam there was a lot of um other stuff there was a little bit there i know ryan leslie our pal from Sportsnet, tried to get a bit of hockey talk in there but there was still just a lot of uh stanley cup stuff there yeah it's i like the part where he's talking about you know putting the putting the ring on looking himself in the mirror 
reminiscent. That's nice. Well, I mean, we'd all do that. Let's be honest. If we all had a Stanley Cup ring or equivalent, it it can't just stay in the safety deposit box or wherever you want to put that thing on and feel good about yourself, right? Put it in a glass case, but you keep the key the key right nearby. Yeah, like I know Taylor for sure would not only wear it often, but maybe all the time. I think Taylor would show it off in public as much as possible. If I won a Stanley Cup ring, I would be making sure everybody knew that I had it. Exactly. Oh, what's right? this uh what's this on my finger you asked me? Oh, you know, it's nothing. Oh, it's just 250,000 diamonds. Just from when I won the Stanley Cup, you know. Oh, game no winning big. goal, no big deal. Oh. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of with Taylor. I would absolutely wear that thing 24. Now, I guess you got to kind of be like we know there's some Stanley Cup champions in the uh the Flames locker room, Daryl and some of his pals. But I guess you got to kind of be like a bit more humble. I don't know if you could wear it around the locker room every day. If your team has, maybe if he's in Colorado, he could. But I think with a new team, it might be a little bit, it might be a little tough. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, text line question. Uh, what's a successful five games for the Calgary Flames uh, ahead of the All-Star break? Four-game homestand starts tonight against Colorado. Uh, ends with a road game in Seattle next Friday. Some of your answers. Uh, at 960-960, a uh, couple of people right around the eight-point mark is where you'd want to be. Uh, Riley Texans has have to win the conference and division games. Need seven. Eight would be nice. Uh, this one says if you go 4-0-1, try to get into the third spot of the Pacific, and from there you can focus on the trade deadline. I think if I'm being realistic – for this group, I think three wins is probably what I'd, I'd like to see at a minimum. I mean, tonight, with the news coming down that McCarr's not going to play, it's a it's a nice advantage for the Calgary Flames. It's still not an easy game. McKinnon's still there. Nachushkin's there. Rantanen is there. There's a lot of great players on Colorado, but you don't get many opportunities against a team that's without that guy. So it would be nice for them to pick up uh, an extra two points tonight. I think you guys have to, have to, have to be talking about wins against Columbus and Chicago next week. You, you can't have a month against Chicago where you don't pick up three of a possible four points or less. That's just not going to, to get it done. And while we'll talk a lot about Johnny Gaudreau, the fact of the matter is the Columbus Blue Jackets are a very bad hockey team this year. And you need to win that game and not let the momentum of a former star player coming back distract you. What Seattle is next week, we'll see. They're going through a bit of losing after a long winning streak. Don't have to tell anybody how good Tampa Bay is. But yeah, I think anywhere from six to eight points is where you're going to want to be if you're the Calgary Flames coming out of the next five games. So you're at least feeling good about yourself heading into an extended all-star break. Uh, And this text comes in. Uh, saying last year, Flames made the Toffoli deal well before the trade deadline. What do you expect will be the timeline this year? Is there a specific date that the team maximizes their cap? Uh, as far as expectations uh, around the league, whoever you listen to, whoever is your favorite insider will probably be saying the same thing right now. There's just no cap space to go around. There are teams that are either against the cap. There are teams that are using LTIR right now. 
that make it very difficult to make trades. I do think you're going to see some trades. I have no doubt in my mind that Brad Living is going to try to improve his team in one way or another. I just don't know that last year was, was an advantage for the Calgary Flames because they had a little bit more cap flexibility than they have this year, and they were able to get that Toffoli deal done a little bit earlier on in the year. I don't know that they'll have that luxury this year. Remember how the cap works as you're, you know, every day that you're underneath the cap. And I try to explain this as best I can because it confuses me at the best of times. But every day that you're under the cap by a certain amount, you get that total accrued towards what the trade deadline would be. And that's why you can take on larger salaries when the trade deadline comes to pass. I, my, my honest feeling about the trade deadline is it's going to be very quiet until we get as close to the trade deadline spot. It might be the busiest trade deadline we've seen in a couple of years just because that's going to be the day that teams know they have the maximum amount of space possible to use. I think there might be some some movement before from a couple of teams that want to try to get something done, but there's just not a lot of cap space out there to go. So I think the Flames will be active. It's just this year, given how everything is around the league, it would be much harder to pull off a a Toffoli deal earlier. And I did like that the Flames did that because, hey, the sooner you get a guy in, the sooner he can get used to his surroundings. It's not such a quick turnaround for them. That's important. Just so hard. There's just so little cap space out here uh, when you're talking about the NHL's uh, trade deadline. So we're uh, under well under two months away from that, so we'll keep an eye on it. And of course, we'll have all the coverage of the NHL's trade deadline right here on Sportsnet 960. The fan will continue the Flames and the Avs conversation and we'll uh, dive into the big news of the day from the Colorado side of things. That's that Kale McCarr will not play for Colorado tonight. We'll get a look at the opposition next. Ryan Bolding joins the program to talk all things Colorado Avalanche. That's coming up next on Sportsnet 960. The fan.